In bear country, Christmas excitement was mounting. The waiting was down to ten hours and counting. The holly was hung, the presents were bought, a magnificent Christmas salmon was caught. And now it was time for the most fun of all, getting the tree. A tree full and fat, straight, green, and tall, with oodles of needles and crannies and nooks for the bears to hang their tree things by hooks. The tree things, cried Pop with the jolliest shout. Our wonderful tree things, let's get them out! Hello and welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Bill Gonzalez, and it's the second Christmas book we're covering before Christmas. I know, it's it's not even October yet and we're covering another Christmas book. We covered one back in July, uh, The Berenstain Bears Christmas. Today we're covering The Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree from 1980, but it's really it's really a different book. The first book we covered was not really about Christmas at all. This book is... It's a story of redemption. It's the story of a man whose actions are set to ruin Christmas for most of a community. And then at the last minute, at the zero hour, he realizes that what he thought Christmas was all about, getting, was actually not what Christmas is all about. That Christmas is about giving. And riding down a hill, he learns his lesson and joins the community, gathering around in a circle in the snow to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. It sounds a lot like The Grinch. It kind of is The Grinch. In a way, I think it might actually be a little bit better than The Grinch. But don't jump down my throat when I tell you that. It is the Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree. So what is this book? Well, in 1979, a TV special aired called The Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree. And it was the first animated Berenstain Bears anything. Uh, Stan and Jan Berenstain had been asked to produce a Christmas special. Well, not produce a Christmas special, but to create a Christmas special. And they wanted a lot of control over it. And hilariously enough, they were granted it. They wrote the special. Uh, they helped cast it. They were part of the special every step of the way. And it was, for all intents and purposes, a legitimate Berenstain Bear story. And then a year later, they published this book, which is based on that special. Except it doesn't come across as a book that was based on anything, except for the Berenstain Bears' own creation. Because it is a Berenstain Bears book, body, heart, and soul. And I mean, it is a it is a labor of love. You can see why it took a year for this thing to come out, because they obviously busted their buns on this. It is oversized. It's about the size of the uh, the Nature Guide or the Science Fair. It is full color. It is illustrated top to toe. There isn't a single bit of blank space in this book, from the original cover to the end pages to the outdoor scenes. There's hardly any empty sky. There's hardly any white. I mean, there is white, but it's mostly for effect. There's some beautiful landscapes. There's some beautiful textures and colors and painting being done. It's it's an amazing book. It's very it's it looks great on anyone's bookshelf. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. It's 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 one to own. It is one to own. Stop listening to this right now. Get on Amazon and buy a copy of it. If it's not in print anymore, buy a used copy of it. I don't care where you get it. Just buy a copy of it. You will not regret it. You will read it all the time. But what is this book? What's it about? Why is it like The Grinch? Why do I think it might actually be a slight bit superior to The Grinch? Well, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas Eve. And if you take a look at these end pages, you get a nice overview of bear country. Now, in the background, you see the bear's treehouse. Looking unlike the bear's treehouse has ever looked. There's there's a, a, a certain vividness to it, uh, an aliveness, a texture. It's 
I don't know. There's something about the way they draw the treehouse in this that it makes it it's very solid and imposing. But that's that's in the background. You see the sunny dirt road leading from it. it the sunny dirt road leads past Grizzly Gus's Christmas trees as a tree farm. It's where you would buy your your Christmas trees if you lived, you know, in a community. And coming down that that path is I don't understand this. I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a bear walking down the path who's dressed almost exactly like Papa Bear, so it's kind of confusing. But there's all these bears carrying their trees and their presents. And then in the in the almost the foreground you see the city you see a good portion of bear town bear country's town and on the far left you see a a store called uh bearware you assume that's where they get some clothes Uh, on the corner you see a store called appropriately enough corner store and sitting on the corner is a man a bear dressed as santa claus there's a line of kids waiting to sit on his lap you see a little boy tugging at his mom's dress pointing at santa claus and you see a little girl sitting on santa claus's lap tugging his beard off there's another store on the corner and in front of that's a uh, woman bear she's selling hot chestnuts out of bags People are bustling to and fro with poinsettias, with holly leaves. You see Town Hall, which will be popping up in our next book, uh, where presumably all the bear country meets to discuss important bear country matters, even though it seems too small of a building to fit even two bears. And then in the very foreground, crossing a bridge, or is it a bridge? It just Maybe it's just a road with rocks on the sides of it. I don't know. It looks like a bridge. But in any case, it's our own Papa Bear. He's got a fishing pole slung over one shoulder. It's festooned with holly leaves and berries. And over the other shoulder, he has flung a big silver fish. Like a giant, not, not a silver fish, but a big silvery fish. Uh, it's almost the size of Papa. Huge fish. So what is the book about? Well, once you get into the meat of it, Papa comes home. And they're all ready for Christmas Eve. The only thing they haven't done is gotten out their Christmas tree decorations. They haul those out. They look through them, and Papa says, now it's time to go get our tree. And uh, Mama says, great, you know, throw on your coats or whatever and head on out. Go to Grizzly Gus's. Get us a nice tree from his lot. And Papa says, we're not going to get a tree from a lot. We're going to get a real Christmas tree. It's going to be huge and beautiful. It's going to be so beautiful that bears are going to come from all over bear country to look at it. That's the real meaning of Christmas, you know, making bears come look at your stuff. And so they head out. Mama says, careful, it's going to snow. And Papa says, Pa, it's not going to snow. And they head out to cut down their own Christmas tree. And thus, the structure of the story is going to seem familiar. Papa's blown off Mama's advice, headed out with the cubs. He gets to the first tree. He's about to cut it down. Sister says, wait, stop, look, there's a skunk who lives in this tree. And yes, indeed, there's a skunk as well as a bunch of other animals that live in this tree. And They get chased away from the tree by the crows. And the narrator says, you know, what Papa hadn't stopped to consider was that there's other animals that are about to celebrate Christmas with their families, and this was their home. And he would have cut down their home. The next tree they find, uh, Papa's about to cut it down, and he gets told, no, wait, stop. This tree is the home of a bunch of birds, an eagle and an owl and a bunch of other, uh, you know, very angry birds, actually. And he gets chased off by them. Uh, The eagle actually grabs his axe and throws it at him in a nice little Christmassy scene. Uh, And we were told once again, you know, these birds were going to celebrate Christmas in their own way. And Papa would have cut down their home. But Papa still doesn't learn. So then they find a third beautiful big tree. And as Papa's about to chop it down, he happens to notice a window in the side of the tree. And he looks in and he sees a family of snowbirds. And there is a Papa and a Mama and two little baby snowbirds, and they're all decorating their own Christmas tree. And it's at that moment that Papa has a change of heart. where it's He finally realizes for himself that everything he's doing is disrupting the lives of these other animals. And that Christmas isn't about 
just celebrating for yourself. It's about thinking of others and the impact your actions have on others. So he chops some wood. They slap him on their feet. They go skiing down the hill they just climbed. They get back to bear country, and Papa says, let's just buy our tree from Grizzly Gus. But alas and alack, there are no trees left in Grizzly Gus's yard. They trudge back home, dejected, and then Sister points out, look, we didn't miss out. All the animals whose homes they spared have gathered around and decorated the bear's actual tree, the tree they live in, with their Christmas tree decorations, put their special topper on top, and brought the light of Christmas to bear country through their giving, through their goodness, through the thoughtfulness and kindness of their hearts. And and the very end is the next day, they're sitting down to their big salmon dinner, and sister says, wait a minute, Papa, you just said that we have to think of all creatures, but what about the salmon? And Papa's like, well, we'll make an exception for the salmon. And that's the end of the book. So you've got this nice little redemption arc. It's a little undercut at the end by Papa's like sort of blowing off the the life of the poor salmon. But that's that's your gag. And if you recognize the structure, it is the structure of many a Papa story. It's it's kind of a, a retelling of the big honey hunt where Papa and Small Bear go from tree to tree to find the perfect honey tree and then in the end have to return home with nothing unlike the big honey hunt the bear they're going to buy their product from it actually isn't there and they have to be saved by the community because what we're looking at now is is bear country as a whole it this is bear country exists now this is a thing uh, they, they they don't exist outside of a community anymore this is this this is gelling it's really gelling as a place where the bears live, thrive, grow, and impact others. Because is that not what community is? Community is understanding that you are not alone amidst other people. It is acknowledging that other people have value, have worth, and have a right to their own happiness. Now, a few points. Papa Bear is a carpenter by trade. He builds things out of wood. He obviously cuts down many trees every week in his line of work. So this is the first time he's been asked to think about the impact that his job is having on the lives of those around him. Obviously, he has to go out to work the next day and cut down more trees. But I like to think this book gave him a little, gives him a little pause every time he does that. I mean, he's obviously not going down and chopping down the biggest, most beautiful trees every time he goes out. But he is chopping down big trees. He needs good, solid wood for some of the projects he does. So this is going to give him time, you know, give him a reason to stop and think. Um, I want to take a look now at this book's parallels to the Dr. Seuss classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I think it's appropriate that it parallels a Dr. Seuss book because Dr. Seuss, as we know, basically taught the Berenstains how to write a story. Uh, it comes, you know, a decade or so later than the Grinch, uh, but it shares so many of its themes. We are looking at stories of who's where the protagonist is actively attempting to make life miserable for other people on Christmas. Uh, The Grinch, deliberately. Papa, not deliberately, but if he stopped to think for more than a second, he'd realize that his actions are going to have negative consequences for the poor animals who live in these trees. So the Grinch and Papa setting out the night before Christmas to screw up Christmas for everyone else. Their actions lead them to the tops of mountains, uh, at which they have a change of heart. And... In both cases, the change of heart is brought on by the unconscious actions of the members of the community. In The Grinch, it is the Who's 
just gathering to sing when they realize their presents have been stolen. In Papa's case, it is a family of snowbirds going about their lives celebrating Christmas the way they do. And in both cases, the, the protagonist has his heart, change of heart, because of this accidental overhearing or eavesdropping on uh, people celebrating Christmas in, a, in what is a more pure way than he is intending to do it. Remember, this whole book, Papa really wants to show off the, 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 the tree he's going to find. That's, that's his whole goal. He wants to have the best tree. In both stories, they slide down a giant hill, get back to the community, and participate in an outpouring of Christmas cheer with other people because all the bears come to look at this beautifully festooned treehouse. And in the Grinch, you know, he learns that it's not about shopping. It's not about buying and giving and getting gifts. It's about the coming together of a community. And although Papa does get his great, big, beautiful Christmas tree, the lesson is more you're not seeing these bears and these people coming together because of the beauty of the tree, the external beauty. What's more amazing is the fact that there are hundreds of birds and animals that are doing this for the bears as a way of saying, you know, thank you for sparing our homes, but also creating their own beauty, creating an external beauty, creating a beauty. By external, I don't mean like the festoonery. I mean a beauty that is accessible to all, that is visible to all. Anyone can walk by the tree and see this. Uh, and creating a beauty that reflects the light of the sky above them because the Christmas star comes out at the end, whatever that may be for however you choose to interpret it. And you're seeing an artificial recreation of the glory of the lights in the sky, of the beauty of, if I may go so far as to say, of the heavens. Uh, However, again, you may interpret that. Just the stars in the sky, the beauty of nature around you. At this point in bear country history, the bears are still very agrarian. They still create most of their things out of wood. They still talk on old-timey phones. They still travel primarily by foot. There's you know, the, 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 the landscape around them, how they build into their homes is still integrated very well with, uh, with the nature around them. And in a way, the meaning of Christmas in this book is that it's best to have your celebrations be a reflection of nature and allow nature to participate in those celebrations and not disrupt nature's natural course however you celebrate it. It's, it's Christmas in its most archaic form it's it's a celebration of tree and leaf and snow and bringing light to the darkness it's if you know me if you've talked to me about christmas you know that i was raised in a in a in a uh, a primarily secular christian household we we celebrated the christian uh, you know the christian celebrations uh my 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 parents are religious but you know we didn't do church we didn't do any of that stuff christmas was very much about the trappings of christmas the things that people tend to think of as the commercialization of christmas but what i like to focus on is the fact that christmas is a coming together of so many different wonderful traditions going back to uh to you know like to old pagan celebrations of bringing light to the darkness and at the end of this book you really see the community coming together to bring light to the darkness to bring light to bear country to to bring glory to to this tree to to celebrate nature in spite of the death of winter in spite of the cold in spite of the snowfall it's very telling that the snow begins to fall during their adventure that mother 
uh, bear foretells the coming of the cold, the coming of the snow. Please return home because the snow is coming because the snow in winter is 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 a blanket and it is silence. And it is the it, it is the reminder that all life is going to end at some point. And then, of course, spring is this rebirth. But all major religions and all major uh, civilizations that that grew up in an era in an area in which winter is an actual thing have this celebration of of bringing light to the darkness and this book in particular really hammers that home and at the end the the, the joke about you know not going too far these are still bears uh, they still eat and they still eat meat and they still eat salmon and Papa is saying you know you have to consider others you also have to live. Because living and thriving and 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 eating and consuming is part of their life, and it's a very old school way of, of living off the land. Uh, they 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 have to consider others, but they also have to survive themselves. When I say that I think this book is, you know, I keep saying it's superior. It's a very it's very similar to The Grinch, but it's very dissimilar in that Seuss's landscapes and Seuss's worlds are very ethereal uh whoville is a nowhere it does not exist it takes place on the head of a pin the grinch is not a person he is not personified he is an angry hermit a monster who lives in the hills the berenstain bears are very much people they are very much stan and jan berenstain themselves they are very much people on your block papa is a nincompoop at times but he is a well-meaning nincompoop. Uh, Mama can be a scold, but she is a gentle scold, and she is a good soul. The children can misbehave, but they are good people at heart. And the community is filled with good people who who want to do well by one another. This is this is community at its at its at its finest, at its purest. And I want to go back to the idea of of the Christmas story itself. Um, the meaning of Christmas, that, that loaded phrase, meaning of Christmas. What is the meaning of Christmas? Uh, what what ultimately does Christmas mean? And it means something, of course, different to everyone who celebrates. Uh, for me personally, Christmas is a, uh, is, a, is a celebration of the beauty of nature and a celebration of, of the remembrance of life in a time of year when life doesn't necessarily tend to show its head that often. Uh, I live in the Midwest, and we get our blankets of snow. We get uh, our endless nights of gray skies. We get sundown, you know, as you're heading home from work early, 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 early in the evening. It's when it's pitch black at 430. You, you get this good, this good notion that the winter is, is and really was and still is for many people a time of, of fear and darkness and you want there to be something that that gives light to that darkness and i think this book does a good job of 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 showing us that of showing us that if you remember others if you remember the people who live in the homes you never think about if you remember that as you're walking through the forest or walking through your city or walking through your neighborhood there is life behind those windows there is there is someone's hand lighting that candle turning on that lamp setting up that tree setting out that menorah it's it, no matter where there are there are people all around you 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 live in a community whether you like it or not and if you live as if you live in a community if you live uh, remembering the others around you and inviting others to participate in your life with you, uh, you're bringing light. Uh, 
you're bringing hope and happiness and joy to people around you. And for me, that's Christmas. Uh, again, it's not, it's not a, it's not a sacred thing. It's a, it's a secular thing for me, but it's, I don't know. I don't think you have to get caught up in, in other people's ideas of how to celebrate something. As long as you don't forget, there are people out there that other people are doing things. And that's the beauty of it. And you know what? I'm happy I'm doing this book now because we are entering the winter months here and it's getting colder and there's a, there's a there's a there's a bite to the air in the mornings and my feet are cold when they stick out from under the covers and I love this time of year. Uh we're going to start celebrating Halloween and remembering that the darkness is coming but as the darkness comes don't forget that we are all in the dark together. Uh, and that if we hold on to each other and bring light to one another's lives, that the dark isn't so dark and the cold isn't so cold and we can bring warmth to those around us. This is the Berenstain Bears Christmas tree. Uh, I highly recommend you pick it up. It's got some great rhymes. It's got some beautiful drawings. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous to look at book. The message is great. It's not preachy. It's not, uh, it's Christmassy, but it's not caught up in the presence and the Santas yet. We're still living in a, in a, in a, in a late seventies world and it shows in this book, there's a funkiness to it and a matter of factness about it. And I highly, highly, highly recommend picking it up. If you're of that bent, have it, read it, read it to your family, read it to yourself, read it to remember that life can be good and that. We live in a pretty cool world. So pick it up. The Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree. Hop on. I bought my copy for pretty cheap. So they're out there (laughs) if you can find it. All right. So next time, we are going to be tackling the Berenstain Bears and the Sitter. And I have a very special guest joining me for that one. It's going to be great. I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, Follow us on iTunes. uh, Rate and review us. Give us a nice... Nice sloppy review. We'd really love that. Uh, you can download us on Stitcher. You can find us at BerenstainBearcast.wordpress.com. That's you know the, the the home base of all this. You can uh, find us on Twitter at BeestainBearcast. Uh, I you know I hop on there once in a while. You know I know when you I know if you're out there. I know if you're listening. I know if you're talking about me. I know. I, I want to know if you're talking about me. I think that'd be cool. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. We've got a little Facebook page out there where you'll always know when stuff is coming out. Or you can even write to me. Write to me directly. Um, BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com. I will answer your emails. If there's anything you'd like to know about or anything you'd like me to cover, uh, just drop me a line and uh, I'll respond to you. I, you know, I don't, I'm not doing much. I, I, I have a Berenstain podcast. What else am I doing? All right. Uh, So again, next week, Berenstain Bears and the Sitter, special guest. Let me know if you're listening. Rate and review. You guys are all great, and I will see you next time.